When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Today, my friends, we're going to dive into this mysterious ball that was found in Mexico. Now, what's interesting here is that many things, many items, I guess you would say, have been found throughout the world in the past few decades, maybe maybe five decades, because this story is reminiscent of the Betts Sphere story. Um, and if you aren't familiar with the Betts Sphere story, I did do a podcast on it. You can check that out a couple years ago. And this Bet Sphere was found in 1974. This current sphere that we're going to talk about was just found recently, so we are going to get to that. But the Bet Sphere was found by a family uh, in Fort George, Florida. And this thing was very bizarre. It was just smaller than a bowling ball. It had strange characteristics to it. They would put it on the ground and when someone come into the house came into the house that most people found kind of kind of rough this ball would like actually move away from them <laughs> and like roll down the hall and go down into a room by itself um they also like hit this thing with a hammer and it made like a guitar uh, distortion sound to it um and it it sounded like it actually was giving off some emotional um, I don't know what you call reaction to this, to being hit. You know, it was like kind of like this angry sound to it. Um, and it, it just had a very bizarre bunch of characteristics, basically. So what's interesting is that we found all these kinds of crazy things. This Beth Sphere is one of them. Then we also had that tall, I don't know what they called it, spire that was out in, I believe it was Arizona, New Mexico, last year, two years ago, and nobody knew how it got there, and, and everybody thought it was like an alien artifact, and it was placed there, maybe it was like a beacon or some communication device, and then they tore it down within just a few days. Um, I don't know as if they ever figured out if it was an artist or whether it was some other, some other person that put it there, or whether it was from not of this world, we don't know. Um, but this new item was just, uh, published, 
published on August 4th, 2002 by Coast to Coast AM uh, and uh, written by Tim Banal. And he talks about how this strange item was found in Mexico after a well-known meteorologist claimed that the odd metal sphere had fallen from the sky. So <clears throat> they state that it reportedly began on Sunday night when this weather personality, Isidro Cano Luna, uh, went on social media and started to put a photo of this item on their social media page. Uh, the meteorologist followed up with stating that they felt like it plummeted from the sky, landed on top of a tree in the city of Veracruz. The weatherman also stated that it made a sound, uh, but it did not display any fiery characteristics. He stated that basically it didn't look like it was burned. It didn't look like it came through the atmosphere and was damaged by any high temperatures. Um... After they observed the sphere, um, they thought it was maybe comprised of hard plastic or maybe an alloy of various metals, uh, but they didn't know. They, they felt like it couldn't be from some sort of uh, item in the atmosphere. It couldn't have been from like a Chinese rocket. It couldn't come from a satellite. They felt like it would have, you know, those items would look burned. They would look damaged if they fell, you know without being controlled they felt you know fell from being damaged or what have you now what they also talk about is that they called the mexican government and the mexican government did dis dispatch a specialized team to retrieve the ball what was also interesting is luna states that there was some sort of code on the outside of the ball it's quote unquote code they, they thought that maybe these spheres have a timing mechanism that, when triggered, would cause the orb to open and show valuable information inside. That's, that's just, you know, hearsay. That's just, you know, their theory. Um, but what's interesting is it had a code. There's no picture of the code. But if they, if they took a picture, and all you got to do nowadays is just use... In your Google search bar, there's a Google camera button inside that bar. You just click that button, and it brings up this app called Google Lens. This is really super helpful for anything you do throughout the day. If you want to know what an item is, you want to know what a plant object is, or just a strange object in general, you can take a picture of it. Google Images will pull up anything that it can find that comes close to it, and it'll tell you exactly what it is. I've used it for my plants, I've used it for outside items, things like that, and it's very accurate. So, if there was a code on this item, they could have used Google Lens, taken a picture of it, and it would have popped up any language or any code that Google can find that had any relation to this object. Did they do that? Well, not according to this article. Maybe they did, but I don't see that. That's what I would do, and that's what I would recommend you do if you ever come across a strange object. It's going to pull up whatever it is. If it's a human-made object, it's going to pull it up. So I think that's super important when we're trying to discover any items that might be from extraterrestrial origin to make sure that they aren't made from humans first. Um, so the article goes on and it talks about um, that the Mexican government did pick up this, this orb 
and it was en route to a destination beyond our borders. So I'm assuming that's outside of Mexico, probably probably to, to the United States. Um, and he stated that ultimately uh, the powers that be in Mexico will likely dismiss the entire incident as fake news in interest of protecting national security. Well, that seems to be their modus operandi for any government to cover up any item. They're going to say it's just fake news or somebody created the object without giving any name or person's information uh, who created the item. But for now, the nature of the odd object, as they state in the article, remains a mystery. Um, the astrophysicist Jonathan McDowell told, told Newsweek that he's suspicious about um, this item being space junk. He stated that based on where the ball landed, it could not have come from a recently launched Chinese rocket. Um, the space engineering professor, Martin Sweening, also stated the same thing. He backed up uh, Jonathan McDowell. He states that he didn't believe it, uh, believe that it could have been from anything outside of the atmosphere, that it doesn't appear to be burned or damaged, um, which would have been congruent with something falling through the atmosphere. So right now, it's kind of like, you know, the Kecksburg Bell, right? If you remember that story, uh, many people in the town, I believe that was back in the 50s, 60s, and uh, in Pennsylvania, where they, Pennsylvania, Virginia, where they found um, this huge bell-like item and was quickly taken away by government entities. So, you know, this is kind of like what I was talking about in another podcast where I discussed, you know, where are all of the observers, the UFO crash witnesses? When we have a crash, it's almost like we don't have any more witnesses anymore. Like we used to back in the 50s and 60s, Kecksburg Bell, you know, the 70s with the, uh, the uh, Bet Sphere, you know, this item now is like one of the only items we've seen or heard about that could be extraterrestrial and just have fallen, crashed. Um, you know, it's really interesting to, to get these firsthand experiences, you know, and be able to take pictures now with phones, you know, and, and that kind of thing. He does have a picture on his uh, Instagram or Facebook page where it's, it's in this article, but it's nighttime. It's like damn near impossible to see anything on it. It kind of looks like a, it's reflective, but it's nighttime too, so it's kind of looks milky white. It looks like something's kind of poking out of it too. Um, so, you know, when it comes to these things, I encourage people, you know, hugely to say, hey guys, take care of yourselves, take care of us as researchers, take pictures of this stuff. Um, Newsweek did put out an article as well, um, if you want to look at it. It states, probably not space debris, mystery remains over metallic orb found in tree. Okay, so that's why it's kind of like in this bushy area in this, in this picture, which makes sense. Uh, now, so in this article they talk about um, the photos that were kind of dark and blurry. It looked like an antenna was sticking out of this thing. Um, there was hundreds of thousands of people who saw it on Instagram and liked it. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any other information. They talk about the fact that there was recently a Chinese Long March 5B rocket, which uh, 
took off recently, and that's what they were talking about, it possibly being off of that. But, again, these researchers did their, did their due diligence and said, no, it couldn't be from that. But there were some codes, and, again, you know, it's like, it's up in a tree, okay? So I guess that's why they don't have good pictures of this thing. But it would be nice if somebody went out there with a high-caliber camera, not at nighttime, took pictures of this thing, zoomed in on it with using computer software and kind of see what information we could glean off of it. That would be ideal. In an ideal world, <laughs> granted, ufology is not an ideal world, but again, very interesting stuff. Wanted to bring it to you. You know, again, you know, just stuff that's out there that we're finding as people are going on hikes, as they're going on walks, if they hear a sound, if they hear a boom, you know, there's lots of natural things that can happen with sounds, so it doesn't always have to be, you know, an extraterrestrial craft crashing. But if you've ever been near an earthquake, it sounds like a boom at first if you can hear it, if you're close enough to it, and then it radiates out and it almost sounds like a bomb, you know, that hit somewhere re close to you and then you get the ripple effect of an earthquake. It's very bizarre, very interesting. I've, I've experienced it. Uh, and <laughs> it's not something that, that you would, you would expect an earthquake to be like, it's not just a sudden, you know, rumble. Like if it happens to you out in the country, it's like a boom, like an explosion and then an earthquake. Now, I mean, I could take it to, you know, the whole conspiracy theory fact and be like, oh, there, maybe there was an underground detonation and there was an explosion. And then that caused a, a ripple effect to have an earthquake. Um, you know, that's, that is one possibility, but again, I don't have any information to back that up, so I can't make that claim. So nonetheless, guys, keep your eyes and ears open. Hopefully you guys are having a great weekend, taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. Do something nice for somebody. Today I made a painting, uh, for someone I'm going to give to for their birthday. So uh, I, I enjoyed that. Took a couple hours. I had to go out to to the store and pick up some canvases but uh you know it's worth it handmade items are worth it you doing something intentionally is worth it give yourself giving of yourself to someone is super important so always make sure you do that here and there throughout your life and as always continue to question the universe around you until next time guys take care lockdown universe out what up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well. And of course, taking care of yourself. So today, I'm going to have a little fun and <clears throat> talk to you guys about some striking similarities between a movie and what is possibly reality. The movie I'm going to talk to you about is, funnily enough, Monsters, Inc. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, that's okay. Um, the movie uh, was made by Pixar back in uh, 2001. Yep, 2001. Made like half a billion dollars. <laughs> $577 million to be exact. And um, it is surrounded, or the plot is basically... A world that is inhabited by monsters, uh, or in a world inhabited by monsters, the city of Monstropolis, Monsteropolis, har harnesses and harvests the screams of human children for energy. 
at the Monsters Inc. factory, skilled monsters employed as scarers, quote-unquote, they venture into the human world to scare children and harvest their screams through doors that activate portals in children's bedroom closets. Now, am I saying that there are portals inside children's bedroom closets? No. What I'm saying is, is that what's really interesting at the heart of this story is at the heart of Robert Monroe's story, who is the man who trained the United States government on how to do remote viewing, uh, astral travel, coming out of your body and going into different dimensions. Now, what Robert Monroe found, and I'm going to get into this right away, is that he found through one of his last uh, astral travels uh, into deep, deep dimensional travel, uh, keep in mind, Robert Monroe founded the Monroe Institute, contracted with the government, taught them how to remote view accurately within 85 to 90% accuracy with some of these remote viewers. Robert Monroe laid out how to accomplish relaxation in the body, how to come out of the body. Then, beyond just coming out of the body, which is amazing in itself, then went on to tell you and tell the government how to access different dimensions, different levels, and exactly how to do that, and exactly how to engage with entities in these different levels. Now, what's very, 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 very interesting is that during one of his last travels, he stated that he be, he came in to encounter one of these highly intelligent entities. And what they told him was that this world is basically a harvested world where there are entities out there that are harvesting fear energy off of humans, animals, and plants. They are harvesting energy from conflict. And you can think of how easy that would be to do in a world such as what we live in. We have wars, we have pillages, we have, we have pirates, we have attacks, robberies, all kinds of horrible atrocities going on all the time. So wouldn't it be easy to harvest energy here? In the movie, that is exactly what these quote-unquote monsters are doing. Now, I'm going to have some fun with this, right? I'm taking some liberties, but what's interesting is there's a lot of similarities in this movie to what Robert Monroe talks about in, in his encounter with this highly intelligent being. Now, let's go back to the movie for a moment. They talk about how their world, the monster's world, is energized and obtains energy for their world from screams. So they're trying to collect all this energy production, but the problem in the movie is, is that there's declining energy because children are becoming less easily scared, and uh, their CEO is, is, is determined to prevent the company's collapse. So isn't that interesting that Robert Monroe encountered this highly intelligent being uh, from another dimension, stating that there are other dimensional beings feeding off of our negative energy, our confrontational energy. Um, anytime you fight, 
Anytime you argue, anytime a lion rips into a zebra's butt, and you know, and, and these animals are eating each other alive, that causes a tremendous amount of power of energy release, right? Pain, you know. And, and what's interesting is I just saw this movie for the first time, Hellraiser, and there's these these entities called Cenobites. Now this movie came out in '89. Um, I'm not sure when Monroe talked about this particular event i know he wrote about it in the in his book um but i can't remember when he stated that he had this encounter but wouldn't it be interesting if all these movies came out after monroe's encounter and they were all ideas off of monroe that would be kind of interesting um but then again horror movies have been out for quite a while uh not saying that monsters inc is a horror movie uh it's it's actually quite a cute movie however it does seem to be based on, you know, some of the statements made by Monroe. Uh, if we go on in, into the rest of the movie, we have a character named Sully, who uh, finds out that there's an active door that's been left uh, by his rival and left open. And isn't it interesting that we talk about energy and how negative entities come in, can come in through portals, right? Like, some of the Native Americans have talked about simply speaking about these entities, whether you're naming these entities, you know, from biblical times or uh, Native American uh, names for these entities, simply speaking about them can bring about uh, their power to your area. So even I am wary about speaking about these, you know, negative entities. And I, I try to talk about positive entities, but, um, you know, it, it is interesting that this came up in this story um, and one of my kids was watching, uh, Monsters, Inc. And their, their mom thought it was a good idea. And I was like, well, this is really very synonymous with what's going on with Robert Monroe. And, and it threw him into a massive depression for like two months. Um, he, could, he couldn't even get out of bed for two weeks. Um, and he was very distraught. Now imagine one of the pioneers of astral travel, interdimensional travel, uh, altered mind status, uh, coming out of body, um, that he had done multiple times before even, even creating his, his company and training, uh, the government. One of the masters, you know, our current Matt, one of our current masters, granted, I think, I believe he passed away, unfortunately, but, you know, talked about this entity giving him this information. Now, the question remains, could it have been a negative entity giving him falsified information? Possibly, but I believe that Monroe was smart enough and intelligent enough and experienced enough to know the difference between the two. Um, so, you know, we have valid, validated information. Um, we have a movie, you know, that's basically made on the same premise. Um, and these entities come in through portals. Um, and they're, they feed on your fear. So it's something to keep in mind if you're dealing with like a mental illness, depression, anxiety, fear, phobias, things of this nature. We know that the more we focus on them, the more that they devour us, the more that they, they have power over us. And the more that we run from them, the more power they have too. We, we talk about like avoidance behaviors, you know, in, in mental health and avoiding these things that cause us great, you know, great anxiety. Um, but they also can bring about depression because if we hide from the world, right, we let the fear get to us, 
that we don't have a positive life, we don't have a beneficial life getting out and, and uh, having the best life we can have. So it's important to remember how energies work and how intention works. And I've heard from different masters that we are here to learn how to manipulate our own energy, how to, how to use our own energy for positive and for good, um, even in the worst circumstances. So it, it is fascinating. We're here to learn. And we are energetic beings. And that's one of the most important takeaways here is that, you know, when it comes to Robert Monroe's discussion, when it comes to Native American discussion, when it comes to Monsters, Inc. discussion and how energy is transferred, they're talking about an entire city being powered on fear. You can, you can have an entire regular human city powered off of fear, right? Think about how our, uh, our co commerce is powered by fear, right? Television, food. Um, if, if we were afraid that there was a, a coming disaster, we would pile up on food, right? Just like we did with the COVID pandemic. Fear can create a lot of dis distress and actions. But think about how much positivity can cause and have, have a cause and effect relationship on our behaviors as well. So I, I tr I'm trying to push this more towards a positive thought process, even though these stories and Robert Monroe stories were based on fear. I want you guys to focus on how can you use this information to guide you into a more positive mind frame. Reframing your mind every day, if you wake up with negativity or negative repetitive thoughts, keep in mind that those negative thoughts can only be there if you allow them the energy. So if you are having those thoughts, wake up and think about five things you do really well. And if you can't think of five things, ask somebody what five things you do really well or one thing that you do really well and add them to your list every day. And think about, you know, something that you, you can give back. What kind of positivity can you bring to the world today? Even if it's just to you, right? Because self-care is super important. So bringing these positive energies into our world will change the world for the better. And that's, that's really my goal is, is to kind of use these, these little miniature stories, right? Stories from movies, stories from lore, stories from encounters, and channeling them towards a positive energy. I think... As I've gone through my podcasting journey, in the beginning, you know, I was reporting a lot of UFO, uh, you know, kind of more scarier stories, I guess you could say, if you want to put it that way. Um, but now, I'm kind of like opening my horizons to kind of seeing the bigger picture about kind of like the, the positive versus negative, the yin and the yang energy of, of the universe and the give and take. And there is a give and take. It's not always going to be positive. Sometimes you might give more than you get back, right? That happens very frequently, and that's okay. Keeping yourself on track is the important thing. If you fall off track, that's all right. Don't worry about it because you can change. You can change your your track. It can become better. So just keep that in mind. Um, as you as you move about your day and, and you listen to more podcasts and I bring you more information, 
Think about how you use your energy. Think of your body as a flowing piece of energy in this world that your spirit is in control of. And think about how you want to flow that energy. What do you want your, your energy to feel like, to be like, to present, to give, to, to do in society? And then you'll find the truth, your truth, um, in this world. So um, I hope, hope, you know, I know I could go on and on about this, and this is really a fascinating topic. Um, I've done many podcasts on the Lush energy in the past, so I don't want to keep talking about the Lush. Um, I just thought it was interesting that that Monster Zinc did pop up today, and then I, you know, it brought to mind the Lush energy. And, but, in, but then it also brought to mind that we can control our own positivity and giving nature, giving nature, understanding nature, um, so that we can rise above these negative energies. Keep in mind, keep in mind, right? That there are, there are levels of intelligence, and this is going to be maybe another podcast I'll do, but there are levels of intelligence that we are on a path of path four and limited by. We're on level three, not just the third dimension, but also level three intelligence. The first intelligence is simply just just an awareness of of things around it that there is an existence. The second level of intelligence is the intelligence of, of, of being alive. The third intelligence it, level of intelligence is an eye awareness and needing to eat, needing to procreate, needing material items. And, and now we're moving into the last part of the third level of intelligence, into the fourth dimension, fourth level of intelligence, um, which is going to be more than 51% giving of ourselves to others and understanding of, of others and, and being of a higher intelligence, um, moving past just surviving, but also thriving in an in intellectual, spiritual, and communal manner. So in order to do that, we need to think about where we've been with these negative energies, these conflicts, these these wars and atrocities and move towards a more peaceful uh, living nature with ourselves and with others so that the human race can survive really in the future because that's what we need to do um, survive ourselves right because we can save ourselves or we can just destroy ourselves so keep that in mind and, and that's that's on the micro level for yourself and that's on the macro level for all humanity I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. One of the most important things you can do is take time out for yourselves. Do something for you. If you're a parent, give yourself some time away from your family and don't feel guilty about that. Go exercise by yourself. Go do something. Take care of yourself. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dream dreams, even if it's only like 15, 30, 45 minutes every other day. You know, do that. If you don't have that much time, try to find a couple days a week that you can take care of yourself following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. It's a big universe out there, and there's lots of information that we don't know yet. As high, highly technologically advanced as we think we are, there's so many energies, possibilities, and science as part of this 
as, as we begin to understand who we are and understand the, the energies around us, science will prove that those things are around us once, once it catches up. I hope you guys take care of yourselves and join in for the next Lockdown Universe. Lockdown Universe out.